instincts guide me through this Curtis Blow culture. Good angel, bad angel, sitting on both shoulders. One be trying to gas me, manipulate me, tip me, make me have no soul. So I like to take a towel. All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro to Bell Tequila Studios. 87737Grind. All right, so speaking of deadlines. Before we talk about division picks, and I want to get into Jimmy G's comments, too, as well. Uh, The biggest deadline today has to do with the Indianapolis Colts and Jonathan Taylor. Um, If you didn't listen to the show yesterday, go get the podcast, sportsgroundonline.com. But I did say yesterday's show that, you know, Jonathan Taylor's situation, it's very rare that you – In the NFL, especially if it's not the quarterback position, you get a player that I believe, in my opinion, could sway one conference. I mean, especially one division. Um, Either way. Um, But we're supposed to have a deadline. Was the deadline 4 o'clock Eastern, Mr. Clark, in regards to that they Now, keep in mind, Ursay gave Jonathan Taylor this deadline. Okay? We know the cut deadline was at Three o'clock Eastern, right? No, four o'clock Eastern. Okay, three o'clock. We're here at three o eight. Three o'clock hour. Right. Uh, the time has passed for cuts. What about the Jonathan Taylor deadline? Right. It, it, it's, all, it's all the same thing okay. because your your pup list has to be in at that point, mm-hmm. and you have to be making your decision there. Okay. And so that's why this was the deadline imposed is because the front office has to have their homework done by four o'clock Eastern time. And therefore, you know, Jonathan Taylor was operating under the same de- deadline because the team now has the option to put him on the pup list and um, and go from there. I mean, well, Jonathan operating on the same timeline because Ursay's in his feelings. Like, to be honest with you, this is a move to really hem him up. For one, okay, go see what you can get. But two, because if you were really wanting to do this, you could have done this a lot sooner and this would have went smoother. So, to me, they didn't have to put a deadline on him because Jonathan is a tailor. It's not a player you just going to cut. And they could have made other moves around it. This is Ursay being his feelings. But like you said, we're here or there. We're here now. So pretty much within the next 30 minutes an hour, I'm pretty sure that Adam, somebody's going to tweet, Ian, somebody's going to tweet out what the move is considered with Jonathan Taylor. Now, before we hear this, I wanted to give my thoughts and my predictions what I thought was going to happen and what I've been kind of being consistent what probably could happen. I don't think he's going to get moved. And I think pretty much if he's if he's going to play for the Colts, I believe they're going to have to do similar to what the Giants did for Barkley and what the Raiders are doing for Josh Jacobs. And on top of that, I think if this new agent Jonathan Taylor hired is worth anything, I would basically go ahead and ask for the non-franchise tag next season as well. If they can't give him that or don't come from that, then I think they put him on the list where it's like, okay, he's out for the next four game, the first four games of the season, whatever that other list is, and then it seeks into if he's ever going to come back this particular season or he's just going to sit out and they're going to leave him on that list. So that's the way that I see. I don't know. I just, you know, I don't see them. The only way I see them moving him is basically if they get Ursay gets what he wants, because I don't think Ursay or Ballard really want to move him. And this is all on Ursay. Ballard's just an innocent standby, in my opinion. But I don't think Ursay really wants to move him. But I think Ursay is to the point where also with that said, He's he knows he's going to ask for stuff that teams are just not going to be willing to give him because not only that, you got to sign him to another contract, a new one. 
You can't trade Jonathan Taylor and give up assets and rent him for a season. You can't take no chances with that. Where are you going to end? Well, it's not so much that. Don't forget, again, the Colts are really in, in this the portion, part of control in this scenario. Okay, I understand. All right, because he's already he's still under contract, whether he's making two million or not, right. he's still under contract. So the pup list, though, now has another kind of timetable, and that's four weeks. Right. Okay, and if you don't if you don't come off the pup list after four weeks, and you now go to the essentially the injured reserve list, your season's done. Right. Now, if he if he wants, and and, and that's that. Now, if he wants to hold out this season because the team can take him off the pup list, if he insists that he's not injured, uh, you, they could continue to they could just if he doesn't show up and if he doesn't play, then you're looking at a, at a, at a non-accrued season. So you're you're not going to get anything get what you want anyway because you're still going to have to come back and play next year. Not even with a tag situation. Now, the the Colts now have the option because he's wanted to go this way. The Colts have the option still to tag him next year, too. And then it just enters the Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs scenario of, okay, well, do you sign your tag or do you try to hold out for the year and and, 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 and not get anything? And so I'll, this is a situation of power. The Colts don't have to deal. And this is why he this is why Ursay told uh, Jonathan Taylor and his camp to go find a trade. Because he doesn't have to do it. Speaking of Ursay and no, Ballard, no. they don't have to do anything. But this is this is one player. He's upset. Whether he feels undervalued, whether he just feels unappreciated by the organization, not even so much about the pay anymore. But this is all on him, and we it's come, it's gone. Uh, now the uh, Schefter is reporting because we already knew where this was coming. If this if no no trade was agreed to by the deadline. The pup list is what's happening. Okay, and the pup list will happen, and then after that, they will they will still try to find a suitor, and then after that goes, he won't play if he really sticks to that. And I don't believe that they're going to take this all the way to next year. They're not. That would be dumb. You have a rookie head coach and a rookie staff. You're going through a whole different direction. You start a new regime, and oh, I forgot, you have a rookie quarterback that's trying to take over as the franchise face of the franchise. They're not gonna. I don't care how stubborn you know he is, Ursay. They're not gonna let this linger over an organization for 18 months for a whole full year. They're not. They would be stupid. Because regardless, I've always said this, when you're talking about when he when Andrew Luck retired, he was the face of the Colts. He was the best player. He put him on his back. I don't care if he had a down year last year or not. The guy averaged 5.5 yards a carry. He's not just an average back. The reality of it is, is that eventually they will get they they're willing to move him. It just comes down as Ursay going to sit there and get what he wants. Does he really want to move him? No. But is this one of these situations where they're going to drag this out all the way until a franchise next year or a whole new year? No. Because he this is a situation. You got to look at it this way, too. You can't. This part of it is can't be left out. Regardless if the Colts hold the chips or whatever, you're not dealing with just a contract situation. This is how this started. It's over. He wants to be paid more than two point whatever million dollars a year, but isn't morphed into something different. Now, this is something where he does not want to be in an organization. He doesn't want to run for them as we speak now. Now, money could change anything. And I think that's the only way you get him in here after week four. 
The bottom line is that's not just what we're dealing with right now. You're dealing with somebody that doesn't want to be with you that was the face of your franchise, and you're trying to turn the page with a new coach and regime, which is a rookie coach, by the way, with a quarterback that didn't have barely 10, 11 snaps in college, if that, or a little bit more than that. So, no, they're, they, they, yes, technically, they do have the card. Technically, they're not going to leave him out the whole thing. They're going to either come to some agreement that you're going to come back and play for us and we're going to work this contract, or eventually we're going to lower our terms and you're going to be running for somebody else. 877-37-GRIND. So what I'm interested in is now we know that it's going to be the pup list. I'm interested to hear because now what the next phase of this is, you're going to start to leak. You're going to start to hear and people are going to start to leak on what the offer was. What the offers that they turned down. I promise you before we get to probably week one or either next, by the time we get into ready to go in that weekend or maybe even coming off that first week in action when it's still a story, you're going to start hearing leaks about what they turned down, what they were offered. And that'll kind of get you a gauge on where this is going to steer and which direction this is going to steer to at that time. 877-37 grind. Because I guarantee you, if Ursay would have gave him this in March or gave this his right before the draft in April, they would have found a deal if we were at to this point. And I still believe, like I said, did Barkley ever ask for a trade? No, he didn't. Josh Jacobs left the state of Nevada all offseason. Did he ever ask for a trade? Yes. No, no, he didn't technically come out and ask for a trade. No, he didn't. He, he stayed away. He said he wasn't open up to it. He didn't ask for a trade. The point of it is, my point I'm getting to, none, the thing that's key, none of those owners basically sit there and open their mouth about it. There might have been reports that uh, Jacob saying that he could go play somewhere or whatever. He ain't, been, he ain't said it with his chest out like Jonathan Taylor. He's back there ready for week one. My point is the only reason why we're here is because Ursay opened his fat mouth to the media and pretty much devalued his number one, not running back, the face of the franchise and pretty much de de belittled him and tried to do everything but rip his manhood. And that was the point to where I think we're at now. If that if Ursay doesn't make those comments publicly, the tweet was a week or two before, then he doubled down right after the meeting. Jonathan Taylor would still be upset, but he'd be getting ready to line up to take for Jacksonville week one. He ain't got no back problems. He had the ankle situation. Now, I will tell you this. They're both going to have to end up relying on this back story because it's ultimately going to get, I think, both of them where they want to go. If Jonathan has to sit out a year, if they can say, hey, we're going to put him on IR with the back. He already tweeted, say, nothing's wrong with my back. If he gets what he wants and he don't have to run for them, if he don't want to, he's just going to be an IR, he'll say something's wrong with his back. And then they'll both win. I know how this works in the National Football League. That's just that you, like I said, in everyday life, you have people that work at jobs will find a way to manipulate the system and the rules. Do y'all think owners and GMs of players are any different? No, they're not. Because it's also the business part of the National Football League. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so keeping it moving, um, and we'll kind of switch over back uh, to the NFL because we've got to pick the two divisions. Uh, but let's take a move over to college football. Um, you know, we're getting ready. We technically kicked this off this past weekend. Uh, we're going to be kicking this off this weekend, and we'll get more into that or what's on the horizon, some of the games that's on my radar for opening week one. Uh, but, again, we've talked about this particular story for months now, off and on on this particular program, uh, the Jim Harbaugh situation with Michigan. And um, 
you know, this went back and forth with an investigation. Uh, we heard reports that the NCAA was not very happy with Jim because it's not so much of the recruiting violations that took place during that weird COVID year. I mean, that was a weird year for everybody. I mean, the fact that somebody, I would really like to know the details of re really what he did because to get somebody in those particular for recruiting violations in COVID 2020, like, come on. But anyway, I digress. Uh, but they were more pissed off about, I guess, to try to be the cover up him kind of steering the direction to the investigation to other people lying, per se. Um, and that's what really had the NSA saying, man, we're coming for you. We want some flesh. We want some missed games. So the Michigan University, along with their athletic uh, you know, director and president, decided to say, you know what, we'll go ahead and impose a self suspension on them. We'll give them three games. OK, which a lot of. Critics came out and said, wait a minute, man, that's a slap on the wrist. You only give them three games. I didn't have an opinion either way because I still don't know exactly particular what are these recruiting violations. I mean, are we talking about because remember, I remember a few years ago, I forgot who that was. One of the recruiting violations because you went over the text limit. You're only supposed to be able to text recruit so many so much in a certain period of time. And I forgot what coach that was. They went over the text limit. So it's, it can be some quirky things in regards to these rule things with the NCA. But Jim Harbaugh broke his silence. Do we have that? With that? Uh, he broke, yeah. yeah. Uh, from the Wolverine over okay. at On3 Sports. Okay. All right, let's hear Jim. I don't think I ever missed three in a row. Um, and I had all kind of injuries. I mean, the ribs, the, the broken fingers, things like that. Um, concussions never kept me out of a game. Um, had an MCL that put a brace on and played. Um, had a shoulder separation that I think that might have been two games, might have been three. It was at the end of the season, so it would have been it would have been more though. But uh, it's when people say it's, I've heard people comment it's a slap on the wrist. It's it's more like a baseball bat to the kneecaps uh, or, or to the to the shoulder. That's what I equate, I equate everything to football. I've never missed. Never missed three games, you know, unless it was for a broken arm or dislocated shoulder. Um, yeah, I mean, he said, don't, don't, I mean, don't tell me this is just a slap on the wrist. Uh, one of the other things you didn't hear in the auto that I thought that was key, the whole thing, he really laid into the NCAA um, in regards to the status of, and it kind of revolves around the NIL. That's why some of that makes me think, is this more of like a NIL violation? I mean, I don't know, but Jim came off really, um, venom wise and came aggressive with, you know, the way the college is, you have coaches. I mean, he included coaches. I give him credit for that in regards to coaches, TV contracts, uh, the word B, you know, he brought that up billions and yet and still we're in this situation where we're reacting about kids, uh, paraphrasing them about the type of money they make and everything. No different than what radio guy sitting here has been saying for the last, I don't know, a couple years. Um, and I think that's the reality. And, you know, the one thing I'll give and there's two things to this one. It really like Jim must really think that this is a national title team. He has to because you have to look at it. He had a situation brewing with the athletic director. They were at odds over contract and his value. Jim wanted a raise. I mean, in Jim's defense, they were trying to, with the Urban Meyer, the three straight to Ohio State, all this qualify. They were trying to run Jim up out of Ann Arbor, Michigan, the big house just a few years ago. 
It wasn't really till the first year they finally beat Ohio State. They made the trip to the college playoff. Then it goes to the last year when they repeat and go back again. It's kind of where the tables are turned. So Jim's looking like, hey, man, I'm kind of underpaid, and y'all wanted to fire me. That was round one. Now round two, it goes into where this recruiting violation that you know that they have you on, whatever it is, and you know ultimately that you've kind of steered or you're going to be investigated and evidently it's something, according to the NCA, that you lied or you wasn't that upfront about with the investigation. If you knew all that was going on, how do you turn down not going to the National Football League? And my only answer to that is that he really feels like this is a special team that has an opportunity to win a national championship. That's the only thing, because there's a lot circulating around this. And I told you when Michigan came in and said, we're going to self-impose a three-game ban. And the reason why I think Jim's trying to tell everybody, hey, this ain't no slap in the wrist. I'm only missing a few games because of broken collarbone, this and that, is because, like I told you before, don't be surprised that the NCAA is not, don't, don't think that that satisfies them enough. I mean, they can say that that's fine, but we were really thinking five games. Because if you look at it, I don't think in these three, it ain't one Big Ten game in there, I don't think. He's missing. Now, granted, I don't know how much pushback Michigan's going to have in the Big Ten besides that big last game of the year between Ohio State. But still. So I would say still to be continuing NCAA. But props to Jim, though, because he did come out, and I like the part. You didn't get to hear it, but we like the part that he played. I like the part that he went at the NCAA about as a coach. That's in that situation that's making a ton of money, that's made a ton of money. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the DeBell Tequila Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. 
And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pillin Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. That is Pillin Whiskey, which is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and their official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. And it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind as well, too. 87737 Grind. What do you got? Uh, of course, we just had the NFL cut deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that broke right as we were coming down. Bailey Zappi's been released by the Patriots. They also cut Trace Sorley. So, uh, you know, former Penn State standout was drafted by um, the Ravens and then spent some time with the Cardinals, and they cut McSorley as well. So they've fully committed to Mr. Mac Jones. Well, that's that. I will tell you that's a surprise. That's definitely, out of all the cuts you've said, that's a surprise to me uh, because and th- that tells me two things. One, that Mac Jones has really popped this training camp behind closed doors. Uh, what a difference a real offensive coordinator makes. That means with the, the work that Bill O'Brien has done. Uh, because I know what I saw with my eyes with Zappy, and and I'll, and this doesn't change this. Um, but to me, I just felt he's the quarterback out of the two that can do more with less. Until Mac proves me wrong, and that that look, man, that's roll tide. That's family. But the reality of it is, is that you know. I think a lot of it had to do with the offensive play calling last year, not an identity on offense. Uh, But some of it kind of had to do with Mac Jones. Now, supposedly he's, uh, again, taking his nutrition real serious. He's in better shape. Uh, He's ready to go. He knows this is a crucial year for him. But to release Zappi, very interesting. So who in the hell – don't tell me they still got a – don't tell me they still got a damn Brian Hoyer backup situation in New England. No, Hoyer's out there in uh, oh, with the Raiders. Okay, okay. They there have, you, there they, you go. They have no there you backup. Go. I forgot he's with the Raiders. They have no backup in New England. Uh, according to all reports, he is the only quarterback left on the roster, Mr. Mac Jones. He ain't Bill. Uh, you know, when you're getting to the end of things, you just start doing And you've got a GOAT title next. You just start doing some quirky stuff. This is like two years in a row. Last year from not having a coordinator, the one I always try to say, well, maybe that's financial. Maybe that's orders from Robert Kraft. And now you follow that up with just at this point, less than, I don't know, a week and a half away from the season. You're going to sit there and just say, we, we just need one quarterback. Ain't no way in hell they going into the National Football League week one with the Philadelphia Eagles coming into town, if I'm not mistaken. There's no way they're going to that game with only one quarterback on the roster. I don't care how good of a coach Bill is. There's no way. And they could have they, and Patriots always draft a guy that's an emergency quarterback that played quarterback in high school or they played in middle school. So if they ever get caught in a situation like the Broncos did a few years ago, they've got somebody that's there a la Julio Elliman. You know, people forget that, you know, he played quarterback at one time. Well, they and they did have Malik Cunningham on the roster, who was a wide receiver quarterback, but they cut him as well. So they'll they, be picking somebody up. They're anticipating. You know what that smells like to me? 
there's been some calls around some back channels and some because you got to understand you got scouts of scouts you got scouts that scout town but you got scouts that's got to scout other teams cuts so that tells me there's a conversation going on that he knows somebody's about to be a release or there's somebody out there that they can get for cheap to come in that he feels more comfortable if matt goes down he's a better option than zabby that's what that is well, and you also have the situation to where Mac Jones doesn't have to look over his shoulder. Uh, it could be that kind of a, a talent. Uh, I'm immediately thinking somebody like a Colt McCoy. He's been around New York. He's been around yeah. Washington. He's been to Dallas. He, you know, just with Arizona. There you go. I feel like if you're looking for a quality quarterback who's not going to cause any rumors or you know really put a put a lot of pressure on your QB one. He was just released the other day again because the Cardinals appeared to be in full tank mode. I'd either look at him or maybe they were impressed by what they saw from Will Greer and when he had the full game to show out for Dallas this last weekend. But you say he's not. Are you talking about against when they play for Dallas? Will Greer for who? Dallas? Will Greer? Yeah, Dallas. He, he got he got cut because obviously they they made yeah. the, they made the trade for Trey Lance and they told Will, hey, you're going to have the whole. I mean, Dak was calling plays for him, uh-huh. uh, and Will Greer was out there and he had the full game to showcase for other teams. Um, I, I could see either or. I mean, I just feel there's no way they're going into the week one with only one quarterback of the roster. That's just dumb. And if I I don't care how many titles Bill Belichick has, what title he's got. Um, them chowder heads up there be hot in fish grease, man. The weed be on fire up there. Come on, man. I like and I couldn't coach that. That would just be crazy. No. It, and it's still to me questionable because if anything, and, and I don't and, and to back up a little bit what you said, Mac Jones ain't earned look, I like Mac Jones, but he ain't earned no right to not have anybody breathing over his neck. He I mean he ain't he's not he's not to that point. I mean, and I think where he comes from, the University of Alabama, and where he cut his teeth on, that was always the case. Remember, he had to wait his turn. He sat behind Jalen Hurts. He sat behind Tua. He, he, I mean, he Mac had to wait his turn before he led them to a national championship. So I don't think he's the type of guy, and I don't think Bill would give two rats ass. I think this has to do financially, and this has to do with the you – know, Bill always believes in buying cheap on value. Okay. The guy here to my left. He believes in looking for value. And that's why I think this happened. Because honestly, at the end of the day, worst case scenario, Zappy knows the system that Bill O'Brien's running. He's been studying it all offseason. From off-season programs to OTAs to mandatory OTAs to camp. So you're going to boot somebody out at the last minute that understands your system even if Mac Jones does go down and get hurt. And they play in a division with the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, and the Buffalo Bills that got some heavy headhunters on defense. So there's very likely Mac Jones. I mean, I don't play injury on nobody. Okay? Especially when you look at especially when you have interest and you pay attention to the Broncos, you don't want to you don't want anybody else to go through that. What you've had to endure for the last, I don't know, five years. But the reality of it is, is that Mac Jones could take a hit to put him out, and then what? Then what? Just a, and you know what? And I guarantee you, by the time we come back in here tomorrow, if nothing has changed or they haven't put any quarterback, that's going to be a topic on everybody's discussion tomorrow. It's going to be out. It's going to be almost on the same level as he doesn't want to name an offensive coordinator. He's not carrying an offensive coordinator into the start of the season. That's on the same damn level. So some whether it's whether it's Greer. 
whether it's Colt, which I could see a Colt. Colt's a, definitely a Patriot guy that could come in there, learn whatever system that quick, and if things happen to go. Now, you talk about Mac Jones. Well, this could also be a situation, Jonas, where if it is a Colt McCoy, you're looking at like, hey, I'm bringing in somebody that I feel comfortable with that can really threaten you that if we got to go another direction, I know Colt McCoy can get here. That could be, you could look at this either way, but there is no way that they're going into the NFL season in week one against the Philadelphia Eagles, who has a very aggressive D-line with one quarterback on the roster. I'll have to see it to believe it, and if they do that, I'll be like, Bill is losing his fastball. Bill needs to be checked maybe into the back room, one of them nursing homes. I don't know if he decides to go to do that. And Bill knows more about football and winning than I do in about 80, 90, 100 lifetimes. That's odd to me. But every some things the Patriots do are very odd. You know what else is odd? Jimmy thinks what's odd. Jimmy G doing an interview with SI.com. Now, credit to Jimmy. Jimmy didn't take the bait, but I feel like he put enough out there. You know, of course, everybody knows, unless you've lived on a rock, Jimmy left the 49ers for a lucrative deal with the Raiders. Hell, I didn't even realize they gave him that much, even guaranteed. I'm like, damn, Jimmy, you kind of got a nice check again out there with Mark Davis. But he was doing an interview with SSize.com, and he just said, hey, you know, they asked him what they thought about the Trey Lance situation going to Dallas with the fourth round pick, four fourth round pick. And Jimmy kind of alluded to it and said, hey, there's some there's some weird things going around over there, which he also said, I don't want to ask to answer that because then he said that. But then he kind of backed off like he didn't take the bait to really say, hey, what's wrong over there? How did you feel the way you be treated? Because he was asked directly, like, how do you feel they treat you? And he didn't want to go there. But due to the fact that he said it's weird situations over there, it brings me back to kind of what I said early on and even yesterday. I've got a lot of respect for those two. Uh, you know, they got six year contracts, I think, out the gate for their first gigs at their jobs. That's not normal. I mean, the 49ers ownership gave them at least, I think, a six year contract each for a GM that's never done it before. And John Lynch and a head coach that had never been a head coach before, but he has the right DNA and blood in him. And they have succeeded. But the reality of it is, is that if you listen to Jimmy's comments and saying there's something weird going on over there. It kind of leads to me, which I've always known, is that the Trey Lance situation was a organization up top front office divided. And the only reason why it hadn't boiled over is because they're winning. You know, the old adage winning cures everything. It cures everything. If things get hairy, that's the reason why all of a sudden, well, things start leaking. Well, you know, they never really wanted them. That was cold. You know this. They're winning. So that's the reason why I say as much as respect I got for those two, they're not out of the woods yet. What happens if all of a sudden Brock Purdy looks like the guy from Iowa State this season? And all of a sudden, the 49ers is treading water to try to hang on and, you know, to be be a playoff team. We don't know. I mean, hell, at the end of the day, their best pass rusher still ain't reported yet. And that's Mr. Bosa. Okay, and they will be a different defensive team without Bosa. That's just reality. Now, I think he'll be there. I think he'll be there week one. I think he will be there. But the reality of it is, you know, they're in a weird situation as well, too. But that just shows you how much cachet Kyle Shanahan has. But if this goes awry and all of a sudden they have a down season, I think they'll get a mulligan. 
But then next year when you come in, it's really going to be some pressure. Let's just say Brock does hit that sophomore jinx. Well, you know what? Come next season, it's really going to be on because at that time, regardless, like, hey, I know we went through a couple NFC Conference Championship games. I know we went to a trip to the Super Bowl once, but I'm sorry. Right now, things there's some decisions that's made, and I'm speaking from the mind of the ownership in the 49ers. There's some things that hasn't went right in a normal circumstances. Y'all got to go. Because at the end of the day, we're out three first round picks and we're still searching maybe for that guy. I don't know if Brock Purdy is basically really a franchise quarterback. I know he has a hell of a chance with who's calling the plays to him to be and Kyle Shanahan, but I will stand by that. I don't think they're out of the woods yet on this one. And speaking of that, I speak of the Trey Lance situation. Because for Jimmy to say that, like Jimmy didn't have nothing to say when he left New England. And he was ran out of there because Tom was jealous. He was jealous of him. He was threatening him. He was threatened by his looks. He was threatening everything. Jimmy had the whole package. And he went and knocked on daddy's door and said, hey, Rob, dad, you got to get him out of here, man. I feel uncomfortable. And that's what happened. So reality of it is, is that for Jimmy to sit there and say, oh, there's some weird things going over there, you have to kind of tend to believe them a little bit. And we'll have to see how this 2023 season plays out for the 49ers. 877-37-GRIND. All right. So, keeping it moving here, uh, let's get into some conference picks um, in general uh, coming up. Today, we're going to do the, uh, I said the NFC North. North, and I had, which one did I say we're going over the AFC? South. Okay. So, no, that's, we've already done that. Let me get my hair divisions here. Pull it up. All right. So, if we're going to do the NFC North, let's go ahead and start there. Okay, and we're going to start if you didn't tune in yesterday, we're kind of starting at the bottom and then we're going to the top. So. In this particular situation. Okay, we're going to start. Somebody has to finish last. Somebody has to finish last in this division. And to me, I'm going to have to say that is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. Right now, they are a plus 250. That's the second best odds to win this division. So I'm going against the grain on this one to say they're going to finish last. But I really care who just wins the division. But for the sake of radio and keeping score, we'll see how close I come to this. But I believe that the Minnesota Vikings are going to take a little step back due to I don't know if they're technically going to finish last. But for the sake of this segment, I'm going to say they finished last. But I do feel regardless, second, third, last they're going to take a little step back because I believe that the defense still is not right. Even though I've seen what Brian Flores has done, even through preseason, I just think this comes to a bros and Joes situation. Um, I believe that they're going to – I haven't even looked at their schedule, but it has to be a little bit tough because, you know, last year they had a pretty much easy schedule. But I think this year it's going to be a little bit tougher for them. So that's the reason why I feel like that. But they're plus 250 to win it. So I have them third uh, – excuse me, last. In third place – I'm, it, this is going to be a very interesting division, but for third place, I'm going to go with the Chicago Bears. Okay, the Chicago Bears. 
uh, because I feel that the only thing they have missed, they made some good moves. They're definitely more talented at skill positions than they were last year. Um, the work that they still need to be done, I believe, to really make this really a true contender. And you're going to see mass improvements. I think next year is the year that Chicago would be prime to really be a contender in the NFC. But I think the offensive line is still going to be a little bit of an issue. And we really want to see in Jay, I mean, excuse me, Justin Fields is going in his second year. I think he will be much improved. He will look better from the pocket. But I think next year in 2024 is a season that it really pops for him. And by that time, they're going to have more talent. So I've got them finishing third. And they are at a plus 450 to win the division, which is still good value. I mean, this division is tight, I mean, to be honest with you. I mean, that's the worst odds to win in the division, and that's at plus 450. So Vegas is letting you know. The guys in the desert, the line setters, they'll let you know how close they think this division is going to be. Um, and second, uh, I've drank the Kool-Aid. Um, I heard a lot of this and was skeptical, but I made sure that I wanted to have my eyes on them in the preseason, especially at the quarterback position. Um, I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers to finish second in this division. And I wouldn't have said that probably a month or two ago because I and, I, and I did say this on this hot mic, but I do stick with it. It is, you don't really lose a future Hall of Fame quarterback, first time ballot, and a talent, and a generational talent like Aaron Rodgers. Um, not really who he is inside the locker room or off the field, but I'm talking about the gun on the field. And you don't take a little bit step back or you don't see a difference. Okay. Um, but I think with the motivation for one for their head coach of Lafleur, he knows that he wants to show it wasn't just Aaron Rodgers number two Jordan Love is in a situation that he's been chomping at the bit ever since he was drafted out of Nevada he's been ready to go and I believe he knows that he's got to show up that it's been worth the wait and this is the reason why we decided to move on but the main reason why I have them finishing ahead of Chicago and Minnesota is really about their offensive line play and their skill wide receiver positions. I think their offensive line is really, really, you know, um, up there as a top three offensive line. And I think that's going to help Jordan Love so much. And I do believe LaFleur can hold his own in the pace of a game and play calling. I don't think it was just Aaron Rodgers. And I believe, to be honest with you, I think LaFleur is more kind of has to do with those MVP years than Hackett did. That's just my opinion. So to win the division, I'm going with the Detroit Lions that has the best odds at plus 145. What were the Packers odds? The Packers odds are coming in at plus 340. I mean, and, and the Bears have the worst at 450. So that's a tight division. That's going to be a tight division. So as we go to the break, we'll come back and pick the other division. And what do you know? We've got news that Albert O has already found a home. What did I tell you? We'll talk about that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Crime. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas. White Plains, New York. 
Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.